Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Louis D'Souza and Yuona June Thiessen. Today is April the 6th, 2020. It's 4 p.m. New York time and wherever you are in the world, thanks for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And uh, we're happy to be starting the week, uh, getting everyone back on track in case you may have slipped off track during the weekend on focusing on what feels good. Because everybody else is saying, focus on what feels lousy lately. And we're saying, no, 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 focus on what feels good. And they say, focus on what feels lousy. And we say, no, 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 focus on what feels good. (laughs) And then along comes Louis says, well, focusing on what's lousy is okay as long as it becomes a step to feeling good. (laughs) As long as it's less than 14 seconds. There you go. You're fine, right? (laughs) So, no, it's going to be a good show today. We're just going to keep uh, focusing on, you know, Stuff that uh, takes our mind off of the craziness that's been going on out there. And uh, uh, one thing that I have really been noticing a lot, guys, in the last week or so is most of the time, I mean, here at home, we're great. I mean, things here are wonderful. We're we're feeling good. You know, we keep our mind off of the stuff that's out there and, and we're in good shape. Then we go into, you know, go out to do some shopping into one of the stores and there's a, there's like this blanket of fear, you know, permeating the place. So we buy our stuff and get out of there as soon as possible. But, uh, it's an interesting dichotomy because on the one hand, there are those of us who are focusing our attention on, you know, where we want to be focusing our attention. And then there's the rest of the population that are kind of like uh, being sheep in a sense. And I, I think it's all good in the long run. I mean, I th- think there's going to be good stuff that comes out of it, but boy, do I notice the contrast. I mean, that's what it's about, right? Mm. Yeah. Losing the contrast. And I mean, this contrast you can't miss. I mean, I, I can remember a time when I wasn't really sure where I was feeling the contrast. No doubts in my mind right now. <laughs> None whatsoever. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, when you go out, where you go makes a difference in terms of the energy. Like if you go to the, 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 the supermarket, definitely everybody's there trying to hoard. Not everybody for the, for the most but when they go to the park or you know to true where people are walking exercising whatever they they, those people tend to be more um less paranoid and uh (laughs) you know they're the more kind of taking charge of the situation kind of people as opposed to just you know waiting for the crisis to get worse or something you know so and a whole lot more smiles too yes absolutely that's true Definitely. A lot more positive attitudes, a lot more hi, how you doing, yep. that yes. kind of thing. Connecting mm. with each other, even if it's just a wave. <laughs> right, yep. And, and interestingly enough, um, of course, the latest wave is, <laughs> speaking of waves, the latest wave is is face masks, but you don't see so many of them out, outside. You see them in the supermarkets, but you don't see them right. outside. Yes, yeah, right, exactly. It shows a contrast in, in the attitude, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep, and confidence. That confidence yep. is important. yep. yep. Uh, are you guys seeing uh, any different trends over in the UK, Louis? I mean, has it been pretty much the same old, same old? Or, I mean, well, well to the extent that you go out, I, I imagine you guys aren't even going out very much, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we're even getting our um, groceries delivered to our door, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's really we're, rough. I <laughs> know, <laughs> it's rough, tough, tough life. Um, <laughs> they, they, they dropped off. Uh, uh, a huge load today and you know we're stocked up for another week and um it's it's all good i mean we we're having barbecues outside the kids are running and playing we're kicking ball we're shouting we're jumping up and down we're having a huge amount of fun and no neighbors are doing the same so it's it's a bit confusing <laughs> they must be thinking oh my god these guys are mad or they're not taking it seriously or something. i'll say yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> i'm not <laughs> 
Yeah, like I, I posted a, a live video uh, after Mark and I went running yesterday. And, you know, everybody, for the most part, was positive. But somebody commented, what are you doing outside? Uh, <laughs> panic, panic. I'm yeah. sorry, but my government said I'm allowed to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sorry at all. I'm very pleased, actually. I, I love seeing more and more people out there and enjoying nature and you know, getting that. Talk about clean air. I mean, we're getting clean oh, my air goodness. Had in the longest time. So this is like that is where I have seen the biggest contrast in the quality mm. of the air outside. It is amazing. We went walking um, on the campus of the University of Central Florida. Of course, it's like a deserted town because all the students are gone but we found this trail and it was like a nature park but it was clean and fresh and we smelled odors we never smelled before like natural scents of flowers and trees and, and it was like oh my goodness this is what it smells like when when not, there's not all the pollution around it right. was so amazing the contrast it was i think it's the visual thing that really really strikes me in the face because you can see so much further you know True. so much clearer and it's like oh my gosh <laughs> it's yeah. like i'm in the austrian alps like i go every christmas you know it's so clear yeah. it's ironic because and, uh, we often talk about clarity on this show clarity being a high vibration thing well mm. we're all getting to experience it if we'll look outside the window yeah. absolutely absolutely and uh, you know the more people appreciate that look at it and focus on that not not this virus thing because um there's about five minutes or ten minutes five each way to to drive uh, and pick up my wife from work because she's a nurse and um i i put on specifically a news orientated um show uh lbc radio in, in london and um it's really interesting to see what everybody else is thinking just for those few minutes, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then that's it. That's all I ever get from right. my exposures over and done. And, you know, um, I get a few bits and pieces of what's going on around me because I think at this time it is, it is important to keep a little bit of the ear to the ground, a little bit, just a tiny yes. bit. Yeah. But, you know, really 99% of your focus should be elsewhere, but I definitely keeping a little bit out there and, um, you know, uh, our prime minister is 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 doing okay and hospitalized you know and and uh you know the scottish minister or no the scottish um medical advisor has been going to one of her five houses twice <laughs> and she's now had to apologize to the whole nation and saying oh, she should God. she should listen to her own advice and you know blah 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 mm -hmm. <laughs> um it's really interesting because you can feel in her voice that she doesn't care a continental, <laughs> which I love that aspect personally, because, um, you know, it shows she's confident in who she is and where she's going, and what she's doing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even if she has to apologize to the entire world, it doesn't matter. You know, I will still be myself and I'll still continue and I'll still survive and I'll, I'm not going to crumble over this. And, you know, I love it. I think you know, it's a good example of somebody who had to literally apologize to the world almost. <laughs> um, and, and still is, is quite, you know, clear in, you know, I've apologized and I'm moving forward and I'll take it or leave it. <laughs> and I love it. It's really nice. One of the most interesting things, and, and I'm like you, I've, been, I've actually been cutting down on my, news consumption. I mean, it used to be, I would give about five minutes. I'm now I'm allowing about 30 seconds and I'm done. Like it's too toxic. I can't even pay attention to it, but I give myself that much just to make sure there's nothing really major I need to know about. 
and then I move on. But one thing I did spend more than 30 seconds on was I, I saw a video and the reason I spent more than 30 seconds on it is that it was a video made by a doctor who's on the front line in New York City in one of the major hospitals that is uh, dealing directly with the coronavirus. Uh, it's a 1,200-bed facility. He says that virtually every bed in the hospital is occupied by somebody with the virus. And he was just making the video to reassure his family and friends. He wasn't publishing this to get out into the wild, so to speak, although obviously when you do, it gets out there. Um, but in his video, he, he just wanted to reassure his family and friends that he was now sure he was going to be okay. Mm. that he wasn't going to get sick. Right. And the reasons he gave were really interesting. He says, first of all, we now understand this virus a whole lot better. And I, I don't think he realized that at the time that he was recording this, this was recorded about two or three days ago. It was at the same time that all the mask fury was starting to kick into gear. Mm -hmm. But um, he said, we now know how it's transmitted. It's transmitted from your hands to your face through your eyes, ears, nose, and mouth. So the whole secret to not getting infected is any time that you just touch a surface that could in some way perhaps be uh, covered with virus, don't touch your face. And if you're having trouble touch with avoiding touching your face, because, you know, we, we all have these habits of, you know, scratch our nose, scratch our mouth, you know, whatever, all that kind of stuff. That's what masks are for. Mm -hmm. He said the mask does not exist to keep you from transmitting the virus to somebody else because any mask that you're going to come up with isn't going to work anyway. The mask is to keep you from touching your own face. Now, this came out like a day or two before all the mask thing went crazy. So my guess is he probably wouldn't have said that in the face of all of the public information, let's call it very generously, that has come out since then. But he was basically saying, oh, I now understand how to, how to avoid getting sick and, and, one of the things that was really interesting, you don't see this from doctors. He says, you may hear emotion in my voice. What I want you to understand is it's not because I'm scared. I'm no longer scared. It's because I am so excited. I'm excited because now I know no matter how many of these patients I treat, we have a protocol that's going to keep me from getting sick. That's what you're hearing in my voice. I thought, wow, what a completely different message from what we've normally been hearing. So I actually found a, a video put out by somebody who has you know, there's some pretty strong credentials that was actually positive where the virus was concerned. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, um, there, there are quite a lot of um, positive, um, you know, stuff being shared on social media, if, you, if you're looking for it. One of which was what I shared today on my Facebook page. And, um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, they've been sharing the electron uh, micrograph uh, picture of the of the, the coronavirus and what it looks like. It's been mm. everywhere, you know, the news. And, oh, yeah, you can't avoid it. <laughs> right. And so someone shared... Strangely uh, enough, I've never seen it. A picture <laughs> of... You just start watching enough news, that's all. <laughs> yeah, right? Someone shared this most beautiful picture um, of, the, uh, of your white blood cells. And it is just absolutely gorgeous. And on, on, on the caption says, it's a picture of healthy white blood cells um, instead of the repetitive pictures of the coronavirus. And this is an intention and prayer 
for healthy, vibrant immune system. Let's share this. And it, and I thought that was, that, that is worth sharing. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful picture. And it just kind of, you know, the way they made the picture, the, the, the white blood cells looks very, um, like superheroes. There's a light shining behind them and it's just it's glowing. Got a big S on its chest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's, it. gorgeous. it's gorgeous. <laughs> so it just kind of just makes you feel good seeing that. And, you know, it just kind of reminds you, oh yeah, there's a virus going on, but, um, we do have, you know, most of us have healthy immune systems that can help to ward off the, the, the disease. And the other one in line with this, um, there was a report about this guy who uh, got the virus. Um, you know, he got sick, not very sick, um, and he, he recovered. And they were able to um, recover his, his blood, you know, and, and use the antibodies to successfully treat patients in the hospital who were um, dealing with the coronavirus and were not responding to any other treatment. They were in dire straits, I mean, in critical conditions. And, and you know, within hours of them receiving transfusions from this guy, they were they started, you know, responding positively. So, yeah, and it's not the only one. I've heard of other um, hospitals that have been doing that, where they're using the, the immunity acquired from other people who have recovered to help those who are dealing with the disease. So I thought, yeah, that's really good news. So. Absolutely. In fact, it's a reminder, I think, that... We, we often get caught, if we get caught up, especially in, in all the, the hype and the fear and so forth that's being transmitted out there every day, um, we tend to forget where it is that the cure comes from. People think about it in terms of, well, is there a vaccine? Right. But they right. forget where the vaccine comes exactly. from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It comes from us. You. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we are our own natural vaccine creators. Exactly. So, so when you think about the fact that there are thousands, maybe uh, hundreds of thousands by now, people who recovered successfully from the, the, the virus, uh, from the illness that can be used, their, their blood can be used to help treat, but somehow it's not being focused on. They, they're looking for, you know, the pharmaceuticals and all these other things that's, that's possible. And I, I get the impression that at least probably a majority, maybe even a vast majority of the medical community are focused on that kind of thing. They're, they are focused on here's what we can do. Let's do what we can do. It's what we're talking about is the, the popular media, the government figures, all that kind of the people who are in our faces about it every day who are not focused in the same way. Well, the, yeah, then there's the other thing of the protocol, right? You can't do this at a hospital unless it's part of the protocol. Of True. Yeah. So, so obviously some hospitals are going to take it on faster than others. Right. But this is, what we're talking about here is not brand new science, right? No, no, not at all. This has been going on for generations, yes. really. So it's, it's really not out of the norm. It's just a question of how quickly they jump on the bandwagon, really. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of good things going on, a lot of reasons to, to think that this is all turning around. Yes. And, and ultimately, our own attitudes are really the best part. Yeah. Because there's lots of, yeah, I, I think you can probably talk to this, Yuana. There's lots of research to show that when your attitude is that when you're feeling good, when you're positive, when you're um, in that strong, high energy, high vibration place, your your immunity system is just higher. You're, you're of course, higher. absolutely, yeah. Because you know you you you're switching your body from that flight or fight fright syndrome to the heal and repair and 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 you know um, ward off diseases. Um, to, phase um, operating system, basically. And so you not only produce all the feel-good chemicals, but you also produce all the healing chemicals and you reduce 
the cortisols and all that stuff that's damaging, but you increase all the, the serotonin and the dopamine and all the other stuff that actually um, helps your cells to, to, to be stronger and to be healthier and to, to you know, respond better to these kinds of situations. We were actually designed to, to, be, um, to be able to deal with these optimally. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're saying we're not designed to die off? We're designed to live? I am afraid not. <laughs> I mean, holy cow. Who knew? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a bit, a bit, a bit more about what, what strategies and what things we can do in order to get you know, in that high-flying place. So I want to go to our resident expert who's all, almost always in that high-flying place. And, and Louis, I know it's easy for you now. I mean, you, you don't even have to work at it. But you know what it's like when you're kind of struggling to get there. For people who are struggling, what are things that they can do to get there better? So I don't know if you remember my story about, let's say, the hernia operation or the um what was it um the appendicitis which i didn't have so <clears throat> that, that was an interesting story <laughs> um the, the the bottom line is you know i went in there and you know i was working from minute to minute to see how it was i was working with energy i was working with everything you know, for my appendicitis, um, you know, doctor said, you definitely got it, go to the hospital. The the guys immediately put on the drip. They said, I'm going to have an operation on the next morning. Um, <clears throat> I was working with energy, with nutrition, with everything I know. And uh, um, the doctor came around in the morning and he said to me, okay, Louis, we're going to operate. You know, he felt my stomach for a few seconds. I went out and he said, you know, you're going to have an operation. I said, no, I'm not. He said, what do you mean? Now he had eight people there with him all <laughs> tagging on. I don't know what they were doing there. I was just <laughs> surrounded by these dudes. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, they wouldn't explain to who they were, or what they were. So, you know, during the night I'd also done a bit of research and I said to him, you know, there, there are other things that could be wrong with me. There's five specific ones that if somebody thinks you've got appendicitis, they could, it could be this or it could be that. It could be that. It could be that. It could be that. And I said, why isn't it this? Why isn't it that? And by the time I got to the fourth, fifth one, he was like fuming with me. He wasn't happy at all. <laughs> you know, he now had to explain to eight other people who were medically orientated, I'm guessing, um, why it wasn't this and why it wasn't that and why it wasn't the other. And, and I said to him, um, I'm not happy to have the operation now. And he said, why? I said, because I feel better than I did last night. And he looked at me and he was like, yeah, but you put his hand on me. You really should have the operation. I said, well, let's wait. You know, let's wait in the afternoon. I'm right here. I'm in intensive care. I'm right under your eyes. I'll be the first to say, come cut me open if it's necessary, if it's getting worse. I promise you. So I did the fever flow, kept my temperature down. The nurses came, you know, every time they came to me, my temperature was down, except they caught me once when my temperature was up because I was asleep and they woke me up to take my temperature. So I didn't have any time to bring my temperature down using there. So they said, take, take a, a tablet. So I took paracetamol, brought my temperature down as well. Also works. Um, <laughs> and then the afternoon came, same doctor came around, but now I was only at an entourage of four. I don't know why, but you know, you I scared asked, the other four away. That's what it was. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sitting there and he, he goes and he pushes on my stomach, you know, for, for, for the sore part. And when he gets to the sore part, when I go, ow, 
he goes even harder and he says, you really should have the operation. So I have incredibly strong stomach muscles. So I created a, a solid wall of muscle and his fingers went into the muscle and he couldn't go any further. And he stared me in the eyes and I stared him in the eyes and he looked at me and I looked at him and he said, I said, I'm better than I am this morning. I'm not having the operation. Let's see how I am tomorrow. And he looked at me, he said, okay. And he walked out. <laughs> the point I'm trying to point out here is I com took complete control of what was going to happen to me. I didn't hand my control over to the doctor. I said, I am going to do what's best for me. Now, I could have chosen what was best for me is to have the operation. Sure. And if it had got worse and I felt I was in that position, I would have been the first to raise my hand and say, let's go. Okay. I have no problems. They have their place. They, they, you know, there, there is a time for, 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 for the scalpel, et cetera. And he, and he wasn't really, I don't know if you know, but doctors, surgeons aren't really doctors. They, they surgeons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> People do need to understand that. He's not your GP. He's not going to sit there. He's not going to listen to you. He's there to cut you. Yep, That's his job. Yep. Okay. So you've got I, to understand make the mechanism of who these guys are and what they're after and how they work. And, you know, and you've got to make your decisions based on what you think is best. And Deepak Chopra was saying in Quantum Healing um, in 1989, <clears throat> well, 88th book came out, um, he said that people who take responsibility for their health are not handed over to anything or anyone or any medicine, any doctor or any, anything else, are significantly higher in their own healing, in, in getting themselves healed than anybody else. Significantly. I did another story in that book, which uh, really amused me no end, um, was, uh, you know, premature births. I put them in these, what do they call them? These incubators. Incubators. And they made a study and they said they found that if you touch the child for 10 minutes every day in the incubator, if the doctor went and touched the child for 10 minutes, that it shaved off four days of the incubation period on average every time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, um, so on average is not every time, sorry, um, on, on average. So they came up with um, a special medical word, tactile uh, intervention or something. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, they couldn't use the word touch. You know, that would just be not scientific <laughs> enough. They couldn't use the word love. I mean, that would be going overboard. They used tactile something or other, <laughs> which amused me no end, you know. And, um, it's just so logical, you know, it doesn't need a rocket scientist to say if you touch a kind tiny baby, um, you know, the, the, the skin touch, et cetera, is very important and, and it can help heal. I'm sure it can, you know, you don't need a degree or you don't need a huge study to find that out, but you know, science does all these things. They, they love trying to prove common sense. And, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. He, he's come up with lots and lots of things that, that he would, he, he put it out there very, uns, very, very new agey. So um, <laughs> he got totally slammed from it. They came at him at all angles to try to prove that he was a pseudo pseudo doctor. Right. When he, 26 years later, he put a little YouTube video up um, saying that there's so much evidence out there. There's so much proof of everything he said is now vilified. Um, and he really appreciates those that criticized him because it forced him to, to really get clear about the science behind it. Yeah. And I loved yeah. it, you know, yeah. 
And he also points out that, you know, to make yourself bulletproof and all the rest of it, you need to, you need to be able to um, accept any argue, uh, accept any criticism from anybody mm-hmm. and it must not affect you at all in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. And that makes you super powerful. <laughs> Which is really just another way of saying, um, yeah, you're going to put something out there and you're probably going to get some pushback about it. And you may even not even react well at first, but work on it to the point where you aren't reacting to it anymore. And that's going to be where your benefit's going to be found. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the first the first step is the awareness that yes. that is the case. That is where the real power begins. because Awareness where what is? Uh, that you have that ability, that that. Right. That, that exists that you can actually um, you don't have to accept or, or be react to or be affected by what other people's opinions are that that is where the beginning of the power lies awareness so even if um, sometimes you find that yourself that you are being affected and then you know something happens like oh right I remember I'm you know I don't have to go down that path anymore I create my own reality mm-hmm. But um, I wanted to add something to what Louis was saying that, um, you know, uh, I am I'm a huge fan of science, um, science, you know, nonfiction, basically. I love reading about all the science. And what's happening now, you know, like, you know, 25 years ago when Dr. Chopra wrote Quantum Healing and stuff, you know, he had all these um, uh, stories and anecdotes. But now there are scientists who are able to actually show um, what's happening, you know, as opposed to just just say, well, when you touch a baby, of course that increases their chances of survival of a premature baby. But now they actually be able to show what's happening in terms of what happens at the levels of the neuron, of the cells, of the body's immune system, all these different things that get changed. Even the, the DNA, at the level of the DNA gets affected by, by love and touch and, and compassion and those kinds of positive energy. Because now we understand epigenetics and we know that even if you have um, defective DNA, it doesn't have to be expressed. It doesn't have to be um, reflected in, in your reality, right? Because you have other genes that need to turn on those genes and, and those genes are affected by your environment, your external environment, as well as your internal environment. So externally, what's going on around you, what, how you're feeling, whether you're stressed, whether you're you know, being affected by the news. And then internally, like how, how is, how's your body subjectively responding to all of that? And all of those things then gets, um, there, there are mechanisms that gets transferred these messages to your cells, which eventually gets to your nucleus and to your DNA, and they determine which genes get turned on and which genes get turned off and which genes get expressed or not. So, so your genetics is not your destiny, essentially, but there are things that, that are outside of that that affect how your life manifests. And so there are research now that are actually showing in real time how how these things are, you know, working and, and what's happening. So when Dr. Uh, Chopra first spoke about it, they didn't have those, um, you know, evidence, but now they do. And I, and I find it absolutely fascinating. Not that I 
doubted it or needed it, but I just find <laughs> it interesting reading all that stuff. It's fascinating to me. What's interesting is, is Chopper says that every cell in the body contains the knowledge of all. Mm-hmm. Mm. Source yeah. energy. Yeah. So you kind of start getting how we're all linked. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's explained that every breath you take, you're breathing in thousands of whatever they are, molecules or whatever, of um, Hitler, Deepak Chopra, <laughs> um, uh, you name it, Gandhi, uh, Mother well, Teresa, well, Louis de Souza. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're all, we're all so much more connected than not connected. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when we start separating ourselves, separation is – is the big thing that causes problems. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, that connection is powerful. Um, it reminds me of another set of experiments that I was reading about just recently. Um, you know, because we have the, this new uh, mind, body, spirit uh, research that's going on, right? Because as I said before, there were people, there were scientists and, uh, you know, the majority of people who didn't believe that there was a connection. But now research is actually demonstrating the connection but one of the things that they wanted to um uh, research was the healing power of prayer and they were actually able to um show that people who not so much based themselves the patients themselves were praying but other people were praying for them when they were being prayed for that the people who were being prayed for had a much faster recovery and return to, to normal and, and healthy um, lives than the people who are not being prayed for. And, um, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about, how we are all connected because what they're beginning to understand, and it goes back to uh, energy medicine and energy healing, because what they said was the people who were prayed for when they, when someone just prayed and said, Oh, may they be healthy or something. But the ones who were the person would actually either put a picture or some some emblem to re, to represent the sick person, and they would essentially um, evoke positive energy and transfer it to that emblem as representing it being transferred to the sick person. Those are the ones who received the most uh, benefit from the prayer from the, the from other people, and so you know it, it's still baffled the scientists you know they still not sure exactly what was going on but the evidence was really um clear that that there was definitely something going on as far as that's concerned you also mentioned something else a moment ago Joanna, about um how there there's not genetic determination that essentially choices get made at a cellular level and and it struck me that is a particularly poignant thing to talk about at this time because one of the ways that we're being scared to death, those of us who are paying attention to uh, the news media, is the idea that this virus goes in and alters the DNA, and that's how it ends up basically latching on and causing damage. So people have this idea that anytime our DNA changes, it's a bad thing. It's, it's damaging to us. Mm, no, no, right. Yeah. Because we, we have genes for all kinds of stuff, right? And so, you know, you have people think, well, my height is determined by the genes that I inherited from my parents and all that stuff. But they also believe that anytime they get a disease, it's because they have the genetics for the disease. And if you didn't get it, you didn't have the genetics. And the same with the virus, right? They think, well, the virus comes in and it, um, 
uh, takes over the DNA of your cells and starts replicating. But we know that there are other things that can affect our DNA. And it, basically our, our thoughts, our feelings, our attitudes. And now we're understanding just how that is because we have receptors on uh, our, the surface of our cells and these receptors respond to things outside the cell, right? So one of the things that the, the virus does is the virus attaches itself to one of the receptors of our cells and causes this pore and transfers the energy, I mean, the DNA into our cells. But these receptors not only respond to physical chemicals, they respond to energy. In fact, the belief is that they are thousands of times more responsive to energy than they are to physical uh, matter. Wow. So your state, whether you are, um, you know, happy, excited, in love, grateful, changes the behavior of the receptors on your cells, as opposed to if you are sad or depressed or worried or stressed out. And so, yeah, the virus may be able to have the ability to go in and, and you know, do some damage to ourselves, but there are much more powerful things that can affect the, our cells and our DNA than, than the virus. And that is our attitudes, our emotions, our state of being, um, you know, what, what's going on in our minds and in our bodies. Those are actually also very powerful determinants of how our DNA behaves. So what you're saying is if we're positive, we can uh, have a force field around us that'll protect us. Yes, 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 yes. My yes. gosh, at, isn't at it the... too simple? No, 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 no. I need, I need some drug. I need more medical advice. I need more protection. I need more uh, masks. I need more staying at home. I need more things. No. Yeah. People, people tend to believe in what they can see, right? And they can't see the energy. They can't see the, the love. They can't see the positive attitude. And so you know, that it's a little more challenging for them. Yeah, but the problem is it's not seeing that's believing. It's believing that's seeing. Absolutely. You know, that's true. Yes, we, we know that, but unfortunately. We know that, but they don't. <laughs> it does raise an interesting question about the energy because, I mean, we usually talk here about source energy, um, but there are a, a, a large number of ways that energy are defined and described physically. There, there's light energy, there's heat energy, there's sound energy, there's electrical energy. What kinds of energy are scientists talking about when they talk about this energetic um, influence on the body? Emotions. Which, Emotional energy. Which stands for energy in motion. Ah. Yeah. So all, all our emotional states are correspond to an energy level. So depending on the state we're in, our cells are vibrating at a, very, at a specific energy uh, uh, level. And so as we, as we change our energetic state, um, then uh, the vibration is different. So the energy information that's being um, transferred to our cells changes. So that's the kind of energy that they're talking about. Very cool. Emotional energy, yeah. So it sounds, I mean, I'm going to kind of infer something here. It sounds to me like research science is actually embracing the idea of vibration. Slowly. <laughs> a little bit at a time. Uh, yes, there, there are just a few of these mavericks out there who are doing the kind of research and presenting it. Um, you know, I can't see, back, I, but, I really um, can't see how you can disprove vibration. 
it's so easy to realize to, to, I think scientifically test that happy is a different vibration to sad. I mean, it's really not a difficult thing to perceive vibrationally. Is it, is it difficult to measure? No, it's not. It's not difficult to measure. It's just so, that. So where's the argument? Their argument is that these things are not, uh, they, they're separate in terms of how, how our bodies respond, how our cells respond, whether we, we get a disease or not, whether we're sick or, or we're well. So whether we're happy or sad doesn't make any difference to uh, a disease. Right, as far as some scientists are concerned. Right, okay. Except that it does. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so okay. for very, you know, there's like a, probably 70, 80% of the medical field who refuse to acknowledge that, that, that connection. So, well, the old model is in a sense dying hard. The old model is it, that the yeah. body is something to be tested and examined. Right. And understood through chemistry <clears throat> and all this other stuff. It's not supposed to be something to, that you understand holistically. Exactly. So they don't believe in that, 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 that connection and they believe that they're all separate entities. And so the physician deals with the physical body and the, the priest or the therapist deals with the emotional issues. And, you know, you know, those are two separate things as far as some people are concerned. Well, it creates and, lots uh, of jobs. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, like um, in school, learning biology, you know, there's the central dogma of biology or molecular biology is called. And that's the idea that um, you go from DNA to protein to life. And that's, that's all that matters, just those things. And, and now we're beginning to understand, mm, it's not that simple, actually. Actually, so, it's simpler. Right. <laughs> they, um, there was that genome, genome project where they were trying to map the entire, um, DNA um, representation in the body. And they thought for sure, based on how many different proteins we have, there should be hundreds of genes. So they had this huge project. They dumped millions of dollars in it. They were going to sequence every single cell in the body and get the, the DNA pattern and you know, sequence every single gene. And they went in and besides all the problems, it took them like 10 years. But what the, the biggest thing that came out of it is that we don't have hundreds of genes. We only have 22,000 genes that somehow manifest into hundreds of different proteins. What was interesting was they found out that humans have less genes than an onion. <laughs> yes so oh we're so deprived <laughs> <laughs> or less is more i'm not sure right. <laughs> yeah. but what they're realizing now there's something other that's happening between the, the dna and the proteins that are manifested these dna can be somehow influenced mind you that the, the genes represent something like uh, I want to say two or three percent of of the actual genetic structure. There was like ninety eight percent, ninety seven point something percent that was called junk DNA. Junk DNA. Because it didn't. It they were they were not genes. There were is other. What, is that what digests the junk food? I mean, <laughs> no, interestingly, now they're recognizing these are the epigenes, the epigenetics. These are the genes that are being that are. Taking messages from your environment, from your state, from your emotions that are determining whether your actual genes get expressed or not and how they get expressed. So, 
you mentioned earlier epigenetics and you just mentioned it again. And earlier you suggested kind of by inference that it has become a major player. Is it a major player or is it still on the outskirts? And what exactly is it all about that, that people need to understand? So it is a major player now. Um, so, so what we're learning is that the dogma is no longer the case. And this was, you know, Watson and Crick. I don't know if you know, those are the guys who are credited for actually figuring out what the structure, the, the, of the, the helix structure of the DNA is. And they got Nobel prizes for that and all that kind of stuff. But, um, what the epigenetics are, is, is showing now is that, that your, uh, phenome or manifested genetic expression is not dependent solely on the DNA that you've inherited from your parents. There is something else going on outside of that, and that's the epigenetics. And one of the things that's involved in that is, like I mentioned, the, 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 the extra genetic material. There's the other issue where your DNA in your chromosomes, they're surrounded by a a structure, a protective structure, and if those are in place, the genes never get expressed. So something has to actually remove that structure or open up or uh, allow access to the genes before they can be expressed. And those are controlled by the messages coming from outside of your cells. So do, the, do they know what that thing is that's surrounding the, the genetic? Yeah, yes, yes. It's, it's you know, it's, it's a protein structure they have identified it and, and know what it looks like okay. and so they know um some of the things that that can affect it so without getting too complicated there's the dna inside of the nucleus which is inside of the cell so the cell membranes determines what uh other kinds of uh, biochemicals neurotransmitters enzymes all these other things what comes into the cells and then get to the the DNA and the nucleus to open up access to the genes. And those, um, like we said, those are some of the, um, some of the neurotransmitters can affect that, you know, so whether it's the stress ones, cortisol or um, adrenaline, those will have a different effect or communicate a different message as opposed to some of the feel good chemicals like the serotonin and the oxytocin those will have a different effect on the cells and they will cause different genes to um, open up and be expressed. So all of that is in the realm of epigenetics. And you, you mentioned earlier that uh, all this is, I guess, triggered or driven by emotions, by yes. thoughts, by feelings, yes. that sort yes. of thing. Yes. How much is that accepted? How much resistance is there to that particular piece of the puzzle, the fact yeah, that... Yeah, there is some resistance to that, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are still those who believe in epigenetics and believe that, yes, there is something outside of the cell that is affecting and that's determining what the DNA is doing. But they don't think it's emotions necessarily. Mm -hmm. They think it's, you know, chemicals, pollutions, um, you know, the food you ingest. Simply, they, they believe only in the physical right. matter, not so much yeah. in the energy. Okay. Well, it's interesting to see how far they've gotten. So yes, you know, yes. one of these days they make it, make it just as simple as Louis. Makes. I know. You never know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what else can we uh, suggest to people? I mean, we've been focusing on the science of it, but what else can we suggest to people for helping them to maintain focus on what it is that they like, what it is that they want, what feels good to them? Because that's really, I mean, I think I can speak for you guys. That's what's getting us through it. 
this whole this whole process what we're going through is just we don't spend a lot of time focused on the stuff we don't like. We spend time focused on the stuff that we do like that does feel good to us. And in the process, huh, my God, it becomes easy to actually defocus from that other stuff. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> well, you know what my what my mentor said to me many, many years ago when I was about 21 at the time. She said to me, Louis, when you got what you want in mind and you focus on it, it requires a bit of practice. It does. And then she said, you need to practice a bit more. And then she said, practice, 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 practice. She went on for half an hour. I said, okay, Jen, I got it. I got it. I got it. You kind of drilled that one home, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> so when you practice, of course, focusing on the positive, the law of attraction then amplifies it. Which is cool because that's better and better and better. Yeah, it just keeps getting easier and easier. No doubt about that. But that's also um, the same principle that lies behind what Abraham Hicks talks about when they talk about um, climbing the emotional guidance scale one step at a time instead of going from zero to 60 you know, if you're, if you're feeling kind of in angry, three seconds. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, don't, don't go for joy when you're in anger, you know, go for like indifference, go, go for something a little bit easier to read. No joy rides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Not immediately. You can get there pretty quick, but not that quick. Don't try it. You don't want to strip the engine, <laughs> but more importantly, you don't want to discourage yourself because that's what right. prevents you from practicing. Exactly. I mean, the, the problem isn't, that people can't practice. The problem is that they give up on practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, the most important thing is, and, and you know, I disagree with that whole practice thing for pretty much the reason you pointed out there. It sounds efforting. It does. It sounds difficult. It does. It sounds difficult. So, you know, my, my now new understanding is about the way Deepak Chopra explains it is quite interesting. He says it's the, 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 the nothing that is in between the thoughts <laughs> nothing between the thoughts. Okay. Yeah. The nothingness that is between the thoughts. He says, that's where you want to go. That's where the power of everything is. And the way Abram's describing is when you lower your resistance, you lower it by, you know, there's two ways, either focusing on what you want or slowing your thought process down meditation. Right. And they say that meditation is easier than focusing on what you want. Because what you want's got the weight of what you don't want hanging on to it. Which is an interesting point. I, I found that uh, it is true that the meditation is easier, except when it's not. <laughs> and I say that because there's some times where it is easier to meditate, and there are other times when it's easier just to pivot to something else. Right. Yep. And whichever one is right for you at the moment, that's the right one for you. Pretty much. Yeah. And you need to use your emotional guidance to know which is which. How, how do you use emotional guidance to decide? I mean, I don't really go to the emotional guidance scale. I just ask myself which one feels easier right now, and I just go with the one that feels easier. You've just said you use the emotional guidance. You said which one feels easier. Ah, okay. So you don't, <laughs> actually, you don't actually go to the scale and say, geez, I'm feeling kind of uh, fearful right now. So uh, No, 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 no. You don't look at the scale. Away no, 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 no. <laughs> Your emotional guidance is with you all the time, but yeah. we weren't taught to practice it. We weren't taught that it exists, you know, it, it, it eliminates the need for all the scientists, for all the studies, for all the medicine, for all the doctors, um, and all the priests, you know, it eliminates pretty much every, <laughs> almost every 
uh, profession out there, you know, because if we're all in this nice, happy, balanced place, focusing on what we want, going for it, health would be better. Everything, you know, we wouldn't need a healthcare system, anything like where we are now. We wouldn't need the prisons. We wouldn't need, we wouldn't need, we wouldn't need, we wouldn't need, we wouldn't need. Um, so, you know, Nobody wants to teach you that because, you know, nobody wants to lose their job, but they don't realize that there's so much more benefit on the other side that you wouldn't need a job and that there's no limit to energy on this planet. We can have as much as we ever wanted. Um, you know, there's, there's no such thing as, you know, limited amount of, of energy in any shape or form. So it's, it's difficult for people to grasp that concept. It's a really radical one. Actually, I do know some people who want to teach it. You, me, you own it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're radical. Yes, we're woo-woo. Yes, we're out there. Yes, we're right. We're all students learning on this process, in this journey, essentially. I wanted to... that, that's an interesting point. We're all students. You can't be a student without having learned something. If you've learned something, you teach it. So yes, yes. there's an endless cycle of teaching and learning. Yep. Never be afraid to teach. Never be afraid to teach. Right. Never, never want to be the endless student. I'm reminded of what the Richard Bach said about that in Illusions. Do you remember the quote? You teach best what you most need to learn. Mm. Yep, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. And that's why I love teaching uh, about life and the philosophy of it. And the the, the how it works. I remember correctly was um, uh, learning is remembering what you already knew. Teaching is reminding others that you know it doing is demonstrating that you know it and we are all learners doers and teachers yeah that's the other one that's right. yeah. yeah i like that i wanted to add um you know i was talking about epigenetics and how your genes are controlled by both your external environment and your internal environment and so you know what louis was talking about um with the focusing on what you do want and you know, learning to and, and practicing that—that that is um, the essence of taking charge of your internal environment. Uh, but we also have things we can do as far as our external environment is concerned, right? You know, because now we're we're which is still controlled by your thoughts and by what you want. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so as I'm saying, what uh, what happens is. You have an external environment, right? You have the people you live with, you have the news, you have the media. So what you can do is um, be proactive as far as the external environment is concerned. And some of the things that you can do to, to enhance your, your um, uh, feelings is, uh, you know, listening to the kind of music that you like. You actually choosing listening to good music, health, fun music, happy music. Um, you know, and, or watching things that make you feel good. That's that's taking charge of your external environment. Yeah, um, Walt, Walt watched that movie I recommended last time. Yes, that's what I heard. Uh, I did, yeah. yeah. We and I both watched that. And, and Where did you see it? It's on Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, I think it's the only place you can see it right now. But yeah. It was actually a great excuse to get Disney Plus. Not that I really need to see all the old cartoons, but there's more – I mean, I've been asking for the longest time for a positive network. I didn't re remember that there was actually one that was pretty positive. Right, you know, right. I, I, not that I want to watch all the stuff that's on there, but some of it would be interesting to watch. And, yeah. you know, some of it would actually feel good. So we are now subscribed to Disney Plus. The reason yeah, why I brought it up is because Yona was talking about watching and listening. And, of course, the main actress in there is Grace Van Aval. And, uh, you know, she sings beautifully. And I've been listening to a lot of her, her music recently as well. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so those are some of the things you can do as far as the external environment. As you know, for me, of course, number one is my exercise. I can talk about that forever. <laughs> Just don't hit me. <laughs> you know, I haven't been able. To, I've been haven't gotten to do my hit lately because yeah, we, we don't have access to um, the machine. Oh come on! All you need is gravity, and you can do your hit. Yeah, uh, no. So I, we've on been going spot. out. You can do it right on the running. spot. <laughs> And, um, you know, doing that. that Squats, lunges. Uh, running a of, outside. A the, um, in the trail. Excuses, excuses. On nature, oh. enjoying the, the greenery and stuff like that. That's much better. It's boring inside. You can do the squats outside. I don't mind. True, <laughs> that's true. Okay. Hey, well, Louis, you can do the squats for me. <laughs> <laughs> Only time I squat is when I go to the living room. <laughs> Squat at the refrigerator, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, and um, the one last suggestion I wanted to, to share was um, to do something, make something, make, make you know, something crafty, handy, um, or, you know, make a, a toy, make whatever, make a dish, make just, just you know, being creative and, and taking charge of, of how you do, how you're spending your time actually all helps to... to um, it's been interesting to hear what people on social media have complained about in this regard. Not that I spent, again, this is part of my little, you know, small segment that I spend on the news. This is like part of the news segment. Mm -hmm. Um, just checking out what people are saying and uh, amazing how many people have said I I'm at home and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, I don't remember what it's like to not have anything to do. <laughs> I have such a list. How do you actually go home and not have anything to do? I, I don't quite understand that. Yeah. Um, but I kind of uh, chalk it up to the fact that, well, first of all, I work from home, so I'm kind of used to that. Um, but secondly, I think it's more about the the mental side of it. Yes, that's it. It's the mental side of making the decision, I am going to be in charge of where I'm going to put my focus. Yeah. I think that the more we practice, deciding where our focus is going to be and, you know, going with what feels better and so forth, the easier it becomes to decide what I'm going to do next. You, yeah. We actually become more bound down when we're in that place of, Oh God, I don't know what's going on. I'm so, exactly. I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry. Blah, 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 blah. Right. So the, the anxiety actually, um, you know, just kind of freezes you in terms of being able to be creative and, and, and even though there are things that you can do and, and you know the things because you're so anxious, it, it kind of makes you um, not want to do anything and you just want to lay on the couch, right? We've all been there. So so it is it is challenging, but you have to, at the times when you're not so in the woes of the anxiety, decide like, you know, the night before you say, tomorrow, this is what I'm going to do. These are the things I'm going to engage in. This is what I'm going to, you know, try to accomplish. And so you kind of set the intentions uh, ahead of time. And, and that helps a lot. And it helps hugely too. because the law of attraction grabs hold of them yeah. and starts amplifying them. And then you're in a vibrational uh, harmony with what you want. Yeah. And then the manifestation is so much easier. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. But understanding that process, as I've just described, it really helps, yeah. really helps hugely if you want to, you want to get, um, get results, mm -hmm. understanding that. Um, the other thing that I find is very, very, very key is the whole philosophy of the Abram Hicks teachings, your non-physical before you come in. And it's always worthwhile repeating this, uh, you know, and I, I've always wondered why Abram Hicks seems to repeat it every single time. Almost they start a workshop. 
Mm -hmm. non-physical before you come into this physical universe you come to play with the contrast to expand the whole um you take on this uh vibrational interpreting machine um so that you can play with the contrast and uh you've got the law of attraction which will amplify the thoughts and your emotions are your guidance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so if you wanted to know the entire Abraham Hicks philosophy, I just told it to you in less than, what, 15 seconds? All right. Wasn't quite um, long enough to be an actual vibrant thought. You have to go on for another. <laughs> <picture. laughs> well, that's a rampage. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make a point here is that their teaching has never varied for the last 35 years that they've been teaching. Yeah. Mm. It's not varied an iota, not a millimeter, not nothing. They've, they've added processes. And they've changed a few words to help man ex- understand the the message a little better, but that's about it. Well, they've the all same, answered about 50,000 questions. That's where most of the workshops the, are. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant because they now take everybody's situation, um, different situation that they're in, and now they, they work through it. So I find that uh, tremendously beneficial. But when, when, when you understand the process, what is happening is, is the reason I started all this was you get very, very confident that the universe has your back. Mm-hmm. That is true. Okay. That's you start true. realizing that your default as a human health-wise is to be perfectly healthy. Yes. That is your default. Okay. The only reason you become unhealthy is thoughts about what you don't want. That's it. Game over. You can... Study it to your heart's content. You can look at it in all different types and shapes and forms. But in the end of the day, that is the simplistic way of helping people understand what is going on is when you focus on thoughts about what you don't want, you get all the stress and you get all the stuff that comes with that, which is studied to ad infinitum Mm. by many different individuals. Now, I'm not criticizing any of the studies. If they're studying it and really enjoying it, like I can hear you, you, you owner really enjoys it. Okay, then that is perfect. Sure. You know, it's really, really good. And there's nothing wrong with any of it. Um, I just like it's, it's my mission in life is to simplify everything. It's really <laughs> just to make it completely simple. Because when it becomes simple, it's easier to take control of your own life and where you're going, be happy. You know, just actually, probably the hardest confident. part, the hardest part with the simple one is believing that it's actually going to work. Like, no, it can't be that simple. I mean, that's, that's literally the first feeling I had the first time I heard this stuff. Like, that's mm. too simplistic, you know, and then I listened to it a few more times and so forth. And it was really resonating deep inside. And so I said, okay, yeah, I guess this really must be it. But hey, it, it's also what gives me a podcast because we keep believing it and then we question it. And oh, yeah, and then we go back to believing it and then we're working with it some more. And then, you know, we talk to somebody else and they're questioning it. It's the simple thing. But boy, oh boy, it just, consume so much of our attention trying to believe that the simple really the simple thing really is that simple it really is that easy it's amazing it's fascinating because the philosophy covers every religion philosophy science everything it covers everything there's nothing that that very basic simple philosophy doesn't cover it it cuts right to the pit too right down to the very very center of the whole thing it bypasses the junk that people get hung up on with Everything from religion to philosophy to economics to science to politics to you figure it out, whatever it is, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it cuts right down past all the junk to the core of the whole thing and does it very quickly. 
kind of reminds me of the quote from the movie The Blind Side, the story of the uh, couple in uh, Tennessee who uh, adopted a, a, a young man, a young black man who ended up being an NFL football player. Uh, and in the course of, of uh, presenting the story in the movie, at one point, the husband says to the wife, uh, well, Michael, he's kind of like an onion. You have to kind of peel him off a layer at a time. And his wife says, not if you use a knife. <laughs> Go right to the core of it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Abraham <clears throat> does. It's great. Hey, while we have a moment left, I want to remind people that if you are not yet subscribed to the podcast, please become a subscriber. Very simple. Go to LOAToday.net webpage, and at the top, you will be given instructions for your particular device on how to subscribe. So become a subscriber. Get all five episodes that we record five days a week, Monday through Friday, streaming right to your device. And check us out on YouTube. Do a search on YouTube for LOA Today podcast videos. Subscribe there as well. That way you can actually see us. You can see we all have backgrounds. You want to join the background team today? So Yona's got the the Northern Lights and Louis at his beach and I've got Hawaii behind me. I mean, a whole lot better than what we had before, let me tell you. (laughs) Now now it's like worthwhile to see us on YouTube. You get to see Yona smile and that always Oh, wow. <laughs> so, guys, thank you very much for all of your insights, as usual. You guys, really, you. you guys know how to kick off a week. You, I don't know if you realize that. You're very good at that. Yay! You too. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you very much. Uh, didn't really uh, interact too much with the live stream. Josephine said she's going to send a poem our way uh, about positivity. She hi, Josephine. Josephine. Yeah, hi, Josephine. Mm-hmm. When you, when you uh, get that sent, I'll be sure to include that on the podcast, Josephine. But thank you for that. Thank you especially to our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thank you, everyone.